usual by Regan Harper and Balthazar right. Valentine and we're in the future we've made it we've made it to the future all it took goes was a good hour of faffing <laughs> about and yeah. it, 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 yeah. that was on me I'm actually feeling good about it I'm surprised we haven't made this leap before this to be honest it's not too shabby it's it, uh yeah I don't know I, I've always been a little bit um sketchy about appearing on video i've always liked being behind the camera never in front of the camera i don't know if that's the same with you guys but uh yeah i yeah more or less more or less there's something about cameras that are, that are scary like i don't mind being in front of people i don't mind like giving a speech or um like being a musician playing music in front of people that kind of thing but there's something about cameras yeah. and like not I don't know, knowing that like what's happening is being recorded at all times. That, that's that's think... my that's why I'm terrified of them, man. And just terrified <laughs> of life in general because everyone's recording everything all the time now. So I don't want to go anywhere. Because, totally. you know, I might trip and fall on my face and then that turns into a viral video and then I'm that guy. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> the paranoia is real. But uh, <laughs> we've, yeah, we've reached the future. So as, you know, we'll just carry on as per usual. Uh, first thing, first things first, I'm back from Gamescom. Yes. I went and I saw and it was confusing and exciting <laughs> and wonderful. So I'll, I'll, I suppose I'll talk a wee bit about that. So Gamescom is the biggest gaming event in Europe. Uh, it had 350,000 people last year and this year it's half a million. It's topped half a million people oh, wow. to that bloody thing. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was wondering because I felt like I, you know I was in a cattle crate at points um, <laughs> going into the festival every uh, going into the event every day. You'd get there. It would open. I think it opened at ten a.m. and I'd get there at sort of nine forty-five and just thousands and thousands of people. It'd take about an hour to get into the actual venue. Wow. Um, but you know, I'm not complaining. That that's the thing with Europe. There's a lot more people than New Zealand, obviously. So. Um, but it was... That's like half of Auckland. Like, imagine going to, like, a convention yeah. where half of Auckland turned up. I mean, it's not really half of Auckland, That's... but kind of, you know? That's nuts. Well, imagine half of Auckland, and then half of that half of Auckland is uh, dressed up as Altair and uh, Bugs Bunny <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. God knows why the Looney Tunes were there, but they were. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, maybe... Ga- Gamescom, so... I, I, say, I, I wrote, I wrote a, a wee bit in my... In. I uh, don't think so. No? no? Okay. All right. Forget about it. Forget <laughs> not, about not it. Proceed. Oh, <laughs> Proceed. Space Jam 2. I'd love it. Anyway, so I'll set the scene, I think. Gamescom is in the Colin de Messi, and I've really butchered that pronunciation. I can't, cannot do that properly. But uh, imagine a section of large car parks joined together, sort of about 11 large car parks and then there's obviously no cars in them so it's giant airplane sized hangar things 
all connected via walkways and passages and things like that and that's that's pretty much gamescom um huge like, <laughs> wide hallways everything's else, glistening just... white <laughs> that's it that's it and you know everyone's got a massive presence sony's got a huge presence xbox activision ea square enix all, all the big publishers have got a massive presence what um, kind of and, um proportion of your time was spent just walking around gawking at shit and what proportion of it was actually spent like hands-on with games like, uh 98 to 2 <laughs> um <laughs> in terms right. of so basically what i found out on the first day i wasn't too i was just like oh we'll get a feel for things i'll just use the first day to scope things out get a feel for things so i walked around um had a squiz tried to figure out where everything is made a bit of a mental map uh and managed to play spyro on the first day because that was the smallest line that was a 45 minute wait for uh eight minutes of gameplay (laughs) on on Spyro. Uh, (laughs) Worth it? Yeah, so... uh, No. (laughs) Right, let's elaborate on that later. No, it wasn't. To to be personally honest, (laughs) it wasn't worth it. Um, You know, Spyro is all well and good. It it is what it is. It's it's an old game. As with Crash, it's got its... its, You know, it's, it's an old game. It's got evidence of old game design in there. There's not much going on. Um, there's a lot of invisible walls around the place. It does it does what it says on the tin. It does what it says on the tin back in you know back when it was released in the nineties. But it looks nice. It looks nice enough. It's not running sixty, which is quite concerning to me because I feel like they could like why can't that run at sixty? Mm. I, I I don't understand. Mm. Um, it's like the Ratchet remake when the Ratchet remake came out in twenty sixteen and that ran it ran at thirty. I was quite disappointed because it's it almost looks like a like it could be a Pixar film. But it doesn't quite hit that level with running at thirty frames a second, mm. um, which is a little bit disappointing. But and Spyro had a had a similar, you know, similar thing going on there. But um, it was fine. It was okay. I'll I'll play it <laughs> when it comes out. <laughs> and and I mean that's it. it, right? Like if the if people come away not disappointed enough to th- like give up on their plans to buy the game, then cool. Like yeah. I think it's yep. the kind of game anyway where, like, it, you're going to get it or you're not. Like, you're, you're either a Spyro fan from back in the day or you're not. And playing it at a booth yeah. at some games show is not going to change necessarily change your mind on that, maybe. I don't know. No, anyway. No, anyway. and it's 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 funny because I looked up, uh, you know, halfway through my PlayStation, I looked up and looked at around at, at all the people around me and no one was under the age of, like, you know, 20. Everyone playing Spyro is an adult who has nostalgia for Spyro or has nostalgia for those sorts of mascot platformers. There was, mm. there, I think there was one little kid in the line at one point, um, but I think they left. So yeah. it was all just, all just us man, children and, and, um, and women, children. Never heard that phrase before, but I suppose that's what, what it would be. Yeah. Um, playing sure. Spyro. Yeah. So it, it was fine. It was fine. So that was day one. Uh, lots of overpriced food. Uh, another thing I should say, kind of has to be expected really um everyone speaks in german i think i heard people speak english twice throughout the four days that i was there uh so it's a little bit disconcerting i didn't talk to anyone at the actual event properly because everyone's just speaking german so i'm like i don't want to initiate a conversation and be like oh it's that fucking english guy like (laughs) Mm. so just sort of winged my way through conversations ordering food 
So um, you spent and you spent four days in massive hangars yep. with half yep. a million people and like yep. pretty much didn't speak to anyone. Aside That's from pretty getting... much it. Wow. Yep. And and it was great. <laughs> I had a great I had a really good time. Not once did I feel like, oh, I really want to talk to someone about this. I was just like it's so overwhelming mm. that you never have mm. you never have time to sort of process your own thoughts or or, pro, or or you know go into a bit of an existential spin or anything like that so you um you're constantly being bombarded with you know sights and sounds and smells and things like that so um day two i suppose i'll go into as well day two i queued up i i, I sort of had figured out that the queues were going to take several hours so i was like hmm what's the one that i can queue for without sort of taking a decent chunk out of my day and that game ended up being metro exodus uh and i play i i was in line for that i had my switch so i was just getting some moons in super mario odyssey but uh i was in line for that for about i want to say close to two hours for that one um and people, <laughs> Good people bring camping yep. chairs oh yeah <laughs> people bring camping chairs to gamescom just to, for the line so you see people everyone walking around with camping chairs set up it's very smart like i wish i'd done that mm. um because otherwise you're just sort of squatting in the in the half a meter by half a meter squared area that you have in the line could you make could you fashion your own kind of chair to sit on out of just tat that they give away like every time you, someone you walks could. past with a bit of tat you grab it and just like i'll put that just in just there build and... up a giant jenga stack of like assassin's creed shields and things <laughs> yeah that's it yeah like 10 of them <laughs> you, just stacked you could, up. you could do that and <laughs> in fact there was um there was specific sitting boxes that they were giving away so they were i saw people sitting on oh, these boxes wow. and i was like there's there's too many of these to be a coincidence and then i looked closer and it was world of tanks sponsored sitting boxes that they were <laughs> the world of tanks people were giving away i don't know where they were getting them from but uh, i saw quite a few people with these world of tanks s- sitting boxes amazing um, so, so were they boxes fashioned into seats or just boxes that you could sit on it, it, so it was sort of like a uh, how to describe it sort of like a box with one end open and then the other end just has this really sturdy piece of cardboard that covers the top and you just sit across that really sturdy piece of cardboard right oh, um, interesting so, so it's they, just they like a little like, stool little box kind of stool. yeah yeah but it just looks real raggedy because it's, it's just a cardboard <laughs> box like there's no getting past that it's just a box yeah um yeah. <laughs> but yeah played some metro exodus um enjoyed it although they didn't present it well my, my television was like the contrast was bugging um i couldn't couldn't do anything because they're watching you like a hawk so you don't want to be mucking around with the tally settings Mm. um and so i just played a little bit of that seems fun the visuals reminded me i played it on xbox one i should point that out they had pc versions and xbox one versions set up uh unfortunately i i played it on xbox one as opposed to pc which i'm sure would have been the the better experience but um it, it was good it, the visuals reminded me a little of fallout 4 in terms of it was quite grainy and it sort of had those um injected pieces of color throughout the world mm. uh the game itself didn't wow me if i'm if i'm being honest you know it's hard to hard to judge from a, a, i think it was 19 minute it was weirdly specific it was like 19 minute play session um hmm. hard to judge but it seems okay it seems like it's very it's quite deep it has a lot of customization in there you customize your guns um there's the sort of thing from 2033 and last light where you have that 
uh, kinetic energy charger that you use to charge up your torch and, and, and a lighter to burn cobwebs and things like that. So it seems okay. I'd like to play more of it, but um, yeah, I'll probably reserve my, my judgment until the till the full game comes out. Um, so got in a little bit of time with that. Oh, and when I left that um, that PlayStation, they gave me this cool kind of dog tag with just Russian on it. I don't know what it says. I imagine it says Metro, <laughs> but um, th- th- that was my first piece of tat. And I was like, hmm. oh, this is where everyone's getting all this shit. Like, this is they give you things after you wait in line to play to play games. They, <laughs> yeah. They'll actually give you something after you finish. So, nice. So, oh, okay. That's where people have got those horrible Assassin's Creed shields that, for the love of God, I don't know why you would lug that around with you. Mm. Flimsiest mm. material. It's hu- huge. Like, yeah. They, look, uh, were they made out of plastic? They were made out of very thin cardboard. <laughs> extremely thin cardboard <laughs> like glossy cardboard like thin oh, glossy wow. cardboard like thick yeah. paper basically yeah wow yeah. <laughs> like, like with like a, probably like a a really high res jpeg of the assassin's creed um shield yep. graphic printed, printed, printed along with Gosh. The front of it. um but yeah and then i also i can't remember if i uploaded this video i think i didn't because i don't want to get pinged but uh, watched a lot of Spider-Man over someone's shoulder. I wasn't going to queue for that thing because the, the queue was so big that it went past the sign that said no more queuing. There was there was literally <laughs> a sign that says no queuing past this point. <laughs> so <laughs> Why, uh, I'm not waiting uh, along. What I don't quite understand about that is like you were spending a good chunk of your time at this conf- this this convention thing, waiting in line yep. for a game that you're going to be able to play in like a month. <laughs> like uh yeah two days from now (laughs) you know friday yeah like well at the time it was probably about a month so it's like what are you doing what are you doing go find a game that's like coming out in ages it's the magic of spider-man it's it's you know i've sort of figured out that everyone loves spider-man seemingly like everyone and i you know i I love spider-man and apparently everyone else does as well so that's kind of cool are you starting to get annoyed at Spider-Man? <laughs> I, I'm fine with Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man grates me the wrong way. No, mm. I've just... I've never been a fan of Spider-Man, to be honest. Um, no? Well, I, I, I retract my comment. some of the... <laughs> I think it's some of the lamest villains, if any superhero well, yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, and the villains make the hero, really. Like, without a good opposition, they don't That's really fair. get up to much That's or true. do much. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has cool powers. He has some of the cool... Like, he has cooler powers than pretty much any DC character. Um, but yeah, I just feel like his villain lineup isn't great, and so he's never particularly interesting to watch or, or play mm. or anything. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That I, said, I just... the Spider-Man 2 game on PS2 was That's amazing. What... That's what I was going to say. That game was incredible. Regan, I'm not sure if you ever played that, but um, I didn't, that, no. that sort of... I suppose that... Was that before... GTA, um, sort of San Andreas and things like that. Was it, that would have been what around the same time, two thousand four or something like that? Maybe two thousand six. I think it was around the time of like Vice City. Yeah, yeah. So, so it yeah. was when the open Early world boom generation. was starting. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember being completely wowed by the the, the open world of Spider Man Two on PS Two, and just how fun it was just to swing around in mm. that game. Mm. It was it was insane, and it looks like it's like from what I've seen. Insomniac have have really nailed that that swing feel, um, so I'm quite excited to to check out Spider Man when it is delivered to my house in two days. Which yeah, I cannot wait. It's going to be great. Mm. Um, but yeah, Gamescom overall fantastic experience. Uh, I stayed at an Airbnb, 
with a, a, a German Turkish dude who he, he sort of um like one of the friendliest people I've ever met. He gave me a guided tour of Cologne in, in his car. We were honing through the city center. I don't know like if there's a speed limit, but he wasn't doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he definitely wasn't doing it. <laughs> he did. There's no way. He, he like it's in miles per hour, so I, I still struggle with this with the sort of um, translation. But it's he he was going like what felt to be about sixty or seventy through like a city centre, <laughs> um, kilometres I should say, sixty or seventy kilometres. Amazing. Um, and it, it was it was slightly terrifying, but it, it, also that feeling of like he knew these streets like the back of his hand. Mm. So I, I felt a little bit like I was in Never Speed Underground or something like that. But uh, it, yeah, it was pretty great. What kind of car did he have? Did he have a cool car? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a bomber. He, um, I had to, it, it was one of those, um, you know, you have to lock, push the lock down and then hold the door handle up when you close it oh, to lock nice. it. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah, old oh, school. yeah, we've got one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> old, old school, old school bomb. I think it was like a Corolla or something like that, but... Um, yeah, it, it was it was good fun. It was, I had a really really good time. Went to the GOG party, um, which was amazing. Just you know, met some really 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 cool people. Played some Worms Armageddon all in German with some Germans. Um, <laughs> played some Unreal Tournament. <laughs> uh, drank some some fuck DRM beer and some some chocolate and stuff. And oh yeah, all I remember is getting um because oh free pizza as well. So all I remember is is eating a bunch of free pizza playing some Worms Armageddon, getting quite drunk, and then leaving the venue just repeatedly saying to all the guys with the with the GOG fuck DRM shirts, just being like, thank you for your ethics. <laughs> like, probably they, they couldn't understand me through my accent and through, like, this drunken slur. But yeah. I just remember saying, thank you for your ethics, like, over and over and over again. But, yeah. And then I have, awesome. like, vague recollections of, of trying to navigate my way back home. Um, but I got there in the end, so that, that's all that really matters. Nice. Um, but yeah, that was Gamescom. It's it's insane. Um, it's extremely tiring. Uh, you, you know, you get sore feet and you're mentally exhausted. And I was I was coming home at the end of the day to up to do like a massive upload of content and write things and stuff. So c- when I got back to Scotland, um, I I slept for fourteen hours. <laughs> so, oh wow! Yeah, that just that I suppose that that's all you really need to know. But um, mm. would do it again in a heartbeat. Like I would advise anyone who's into video games. If you if you live in Europe, definitely go. If you don't, do, make it a make it a trip because it's amazing. It's so much fun, and I can only imagine how much better it would be with people like with friends because um, I was by myself. So <laughs> the people there, was, yeah, yeah, with, with people to talk to. Um, it sounds but, yeah, like it'd be great I, fun I, to just like we could have spent four days bagging on people with Assassin's Creed shields. That would have been yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I, I'd be bagging on the Assassin's Creed shields, probably not the people so much, because people could do, you, you can do whatever yeah. you want, you can be True. into yeah, whatever you want. It's, make that decision. We're not, we're not elitist, we're not elitist here on OCG, you can be into anything <laughs> yeah. you want, we're not here to um, to shame. But, uh, so that's me, Regan, you, ha- you know, slightly lower stakes, but you've um, got a new phone, or you're getting a new phone? No, I'm, I'm getting a new phone. Um, getting a new phone. I've had, like, I mean, there's not much to say on it, really. But it's, uh, I mean, I think what happened earlier on is we were trying to get this whole situation set up. It's kind of testament to it. Uh, it's a brand new Android phone. Pretty pumped about it. Um, yep. had, I've had my phone for probably like 
three years now, which I think is pretty good. Oh, it's, like it's that's not too bad. It's, it's not, not too, too bad. bad, eh? Um, I want to just put it out there for debate. Is is the Android iPhone thing still a debate, or is everyone on Android now? No, it's still a debate. I feel, I feel <laughs> like it's not a debate in the way it used to be. In that, I think it's kind of like, oh, maybe it's just because of our age group and everything like that. Now I feel like it's the same as the console war, where it's not really a war anymore. People just have what they prefer, and they accept yeah. that other people prefer other things. But there are still the occasional extremists out there who are just like, fuck the other one. Like I have iPhone. <laughs> I'll always have iPhone purely because I prefer to use an iPhone. Yeah. But I would never begrudge anyone an Android because I think they are the superior phones. I just prefer... I find iPhones easier because they have less options, less customization. So I find them easier to just use and I just want to be able to pick up and use my thing. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I, I feel like the, the, the phone wars, you know, the console wars of the phone world have died down now. It's sort of everyone's picked their side and no one's really shitting on the other one everyone's just kind of happy with what they've got now um it feels a little bit i was really tempted to shit on iphones before when balthazar was talking about it but i'll go (laughs) along with this you know quesara or whatever that that saying is yeah yeah what will be will be so damn i was really hoping that would get i was hoping that would get heated and that this whole (laughs) section of the podcast would be like a no no you're wrong no you're wrong so we can know, get that, heated if you want. No, nah, that's I, fine. I, can talk to you. I think the problem is I don't have anything against Android. I just yeah. choose iPhone. But yeah. I have nothing against Android. I'm kind of yeah. the same. I the only thing I have against um, Apple in general is because I have an iPad because I bought one on the cheap, um, and it was cheaper than any sort of you know Microsoft Surface or anything like that. So I got one. Uh, whenever I try and move a folder, it's like nah, nah, you can't do that. You don't, you don't know what you're doing. That folder's supposed to be where it is. It's not supposed to be where you yeah. think it's supposed to be. That doesn't go there. So exactly. That, that, That's, that annoys this is, me. That this annoys is touching me. on kind of... This is touching on <laughs> my one qualm with Apple is how they don't let their users do fucking anything. Yeah. And then and then when you then when you want to leave and you're like, right, now I'm done with you, Apple, you can't because all your shit's in the, in the iCloud. Mm. And, you know... It's like, oh, well, I've I, got I just you. want, got I you want by the my mum's phone honestly, number. And it's I like, think... no, you shan't have your mum's phone number. It, <laughs> We've got your mum's phone number now. The thing <laughs> is, I think, because the thing is, all your contacts and shit are stored on your SIM card. I think the it's all in the cloud is just an argument that weak-minded people use because they can't justify themselves. Like, I actually don't want to leave Apple. I'm just pretending I do because there's a mass exodus. So I'm going to say I want to, but oh, I can't because my stuff's in the cloud. It's like, no, it's it's not. It's on your SIM card. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, a- Apple always feels, feels a little bit like, yeah, we've, you trusted us now. We've got all your stuff. Now you can never leave mm. us. That's, that's sort of mm. the way I've always viewed Apple a little bit. Um, and their stuff is like their their programs are amazing. iMovie and like all their default GarageBand, incredible value for you know for free programs. Really, mm. really well made shit. Mm. But um, yeah, at the same time, you can't you know you 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 make you make your stuff the way Apple wants you to make your stuff, which is kind of yeah problematic, mm. I suppose. But um, we'll see. Regan, keep us updated with that. I will. And, I will. Uh, and and we'll, we'll see how that plays out. So, let's move into some stuff we've been playing, reading, viewing, whatever. Regan, you've been reading a book. 
I've already read mm. this book. It's called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. It's by Jason Schreier, the news it editor is. at Kotaku. Tell mm. us about this book, man. So we've talked about this book when you read it on the podcast, Abe. Um, we've talked about it before. It is, it's actually really cool. Like it's the kind of book that anyone could read without necessarily being into video games. Like you might just yep. have an interest in software or or just the way that they were, like people going through um you know going you know, putting themselves to the test to produce big works of art kind of thing um yep. and it's 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 excellent like it's written in a really kind of approachable way um every time he mentions what i like about it is every time he mentions a like a bit of jargon even if you think it's really obvious he links off to footnotes so that if you knew absolutely nothing about video games, you'd yep. still be able to read the footnotes and, and get it. So it's really well written. But essentially um, what the book is, is kind of relatively short chapters. Like you could probably get through a chapter in maybe 40 minutes or so. Um, and each chapter goes and delves into a different video game of probably, I don't know, maybe like the last decade or so. Yeah. Um, and interviews and kind of essentially tells the story of the development of that particular video game um, and the kind of ups and downs that they had. And it's quite cool to, it's not only just successful video games, so they're like The Witcher 3 is in there and they talk about like all the things that they did to make that game awesome. Um, but also the ones that like just flopped like and the stories behind yeah. those as well, like Star Wars 1313. That one's fascinating. Yeah, man, like how there's this whole studio of people working working on this game. They had this massive, massive success in the showing at E3. And then just because of the winds of, of business, yeah, done, just chopped. All that, so, all that content, eh? it's still owned by, um, by EA, I, I suppose it would be. Still owned by mm. EA, so no one can do anything with it. And just like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> like, that game. yeah just let them do it just yeah like you're not going to make any money from it in the situation that is currently happening so just yeah give it to the people let them do it you know but um so it's a really cool book it's filled with it, it sort of seems like um from from my reading that every single game well every single game is difficult and pretty much every single game requires like an inhumane amount of kind of crunch and dedicate like you have to basically give yeah. up your life to create a good game yeah like yeah that's the main Sacrifice thing that relationships with. and yeah yeah basically say goodbye to any human interaction with people yeah. that are outside <laughs> of of your work and yep. you know and you might have a shot at making a decent video game um but definitely worthwhile for anyone who's kind of like either into video games, interested in like maybe video game design and like the process yeah. that goes into it. Or even if you just like work in software and are kind of wondering like, fuck, what, what is it like for people and, in, in, you know, and in, in that kind of um, those kind of projects. It, I'm going to get a little bit nerdy on it here for just a second uh, what what kind of interested me about it is in like software development there's this thing called agile where you like build the smallest chunk of something you can and you give that to your your consumers or your your whoever it is who's going to use it and then you iterate on that tiny little chunk 
and that is to get away from the whole idea of just building this massive thing and going here you go have this and then it not be fit for purpose and it's weird because like video games are that old school thing but they just have to do it there's no way like unless you're doing like an early access game or something like that there's no way to like deliver a, a massive complete video game in one go as a small thing and you know like that kind of struck me as quite interesting and just the way that like just the medium doesn't allow for the the kind of sorts of practices that you would get elsewhere in software if that makes yeah. sense um yeah yeah it's uh, we, sh- we should also say that the, the book is broken up into chapters in terms of um different developers every chapter mm. is a different developer so yep. if you're interested in uncharted 4 there's a chapter on uncharted 4's development there's a shovel knight chapter there's yep. a um pillars of eternity chapter um so you know if you're into any of those developers it's well worth a read because you just sort of hear this their their war stories and hear them go through the mm. ringer um yep. and and find out some pretty interesting stuff yeah crunch the stories of crunch sort of like oh, made the, made the hairs on my arms stand up like oof that does it not actually kind of got me sort of excited i was like that i i if if i could be part of a team that made an amazing game yeah i'd do it i'd do it i'd sacrifice 6 months of my life shit yeah i i, I probably would as well man to be honest it seems yeah. like the the rewards would outweigh what you know what you lose sort of thing um be yeah. it be it connections with humans outside of video <laughs> games or, i don't have friends um, anyway it's fine it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's but a, yeah absolutely a, a decent read i think it was only like 15 dollars or something on yeah. on the kindle store so if you have an e-reader or a tablet or even on your phone just download the kindle app you get it for, for well cheap and yeah definitely worth a read so yeah yeah I, so you've, you've I, finished I, have you finished that off yep so yep. so she's nice all one. done yep yeah he's mm. uh he's currently working on book two you'll be excited to know so, oh um, cool yeah that is currently exciting. in the works yeah. i listen to the uh kotaku split screen podcast every week which which is him jason schreier and uh kirk hamilton and they're they're both really interesting knowledgeable dudes um so i recommend that that podcast a, a peep cool. um so yeah we'll move on to I mean, you've been reading that, Regan. Have you been playing any video games at all? Um, I have been playing... It's going to seem weird. Um, do you guys... Uh, did you guys ever play SimCity? Oh, yeah. Good. SimCity so 2000 with the giant spider. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Different <laughs> kind cool. of like ways to destroy your city. It's good times. Yep. Um... But I've been playing like a new newer version of that called um, Cities S- Cities Skyline, which is yep. on Steam. Like there's, you know, it's it's cheap as chips. But it's been in my Steam library for yonks, and and I thought I'd just give it a go. I, I'm kind of in one of those spaces where I'm just playing stuff that I have because there's nothing around. Like there's nothing that's really grabbing me at the moment. So I've been playing right. that, and man, like it's there's a big old rabbit hole to go down with this game like it's it's exactly like what you'd expect it's a city building kind of like simulator type thing management game kind of thing um you know classic sim city type thing where you make your roads and you zone off sections and you know residential and commercial and that kind of thing but man i'm just like i am well down that rabbit hole um went on youtube and there's this like whole community of people making cities of um like 
just certain designs so they'll like their 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 viewership on youtube will be like i want you to make a city that is um all made of circles or something like that and they'll spend like they'll do a live stream of like four hours where they build the city that's all just kind of like circles starting from one circle like roundabout and going just out like it's it's incredible um wow. and i am well into it well into so it. that's <laughs> the game that sprang up from um remember the SimCity that they released that everyone hated mm. the one that was that had the always online debacle and, and that sort of thing um yeah a few yeah, years yeah. ago now but city skylines from what i uh i think this is true is is the project that sort of sprung up from those fans of SimCity being so disgruntled with the new one um so they'll oh, shit, right. we'll build our own we'll do our own one totally um, so and I think that's what's up. quite cool about it as well is it's like the modding community is massive also. So um, you can go on on the Steam Workshop and download so much stuff. So much yeah. stuff. Like there's And there's little weird niches of, of um, kind of activity where like it's quite difficult to manage traffic in the game because, you know, you've got to make sure you've got motorways and overpasses and all that kind of thing. There's, yep. there's a particular person whose whole thing has been to build real intricate intricate motorway um, kind of overpasses and on and off ramps. So you can download these packs of, of basically motorway ramps and it goes from everything where just like two roads that just come off like this to like just everything going everywhere oh, at once. And that's my nightmare. Oh, it's amazing amazing but um yeah it's really nice to look at it's a really nice game um simple ui um the systems are pretty basic like it's it's really just kind of managing your population their needs it's the normal sim type shit right um yeah, yeah. but but nicely balanced with enough kind of um you know enough depth in there to, to keep you, you you're interested in and it's i guess the the strength of it is in how customizable or customized you can make things like roads and buildings and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'd imagine I'm going to be playing this for quite a while. Nice. Quite is that, is that sort of a good one to have in the background? Like in between games, you just play a wee bit of, uh, of City Skylines and then do something else and then just sort of, yeah. I suppose, a bit of a stress, stress reliever? Yeah, I think so, man. It's quite peaceful and it doesn't require, there's no story, right? There's no story. So it's yeah. like you're not invested in in that that kind of sense. And it's like it's like a puzzle. It's like a puzzle. You can do some of it and then, you know, put it away, take it out again, carry on with it and still get satisfaction nice. from it. So it's, yeah, it's good, man. It's good and it's cheap. And, you know, if you're looking for a game to play, then get into it. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Well, uh, Balthazar's also been, you know, exploring some worlds. You've been jumping into the new WoW mm. expansion. You've actually written a review for us yeah. for the new WoW expansion, yeah, which is a battle for Azeroth. <laughs> um, yeah, that's up on the site. Um, so definitely recommend giving that a read because I won't talk too much about it um, now, if only because there's not a lot to say. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because. My relationship with this particular expansion is more, despite playing it, being an observer throughout the whole thing, and rather than experiencing the game, experiencing the community um, right. and the general scape of the MMO sort of 
atmosphere at the moment really it's been a while since there's been a new one um there's been a few attempts recently with uh, bliss online which or bless online something it, it failed so i don't need to remember its name um <laughs> and then one of the other ones that was kind of doing all right in the west black desert on online had its august update in which it just went full pay to win so a whole load of people left that game Ooh. as well um and so wow is kind of a really interesting insight into what to do right because even though wow does a lot wrong it's been around for 14 years and it's still going strong so clearly it's most of what it's doing is right yeah um so every time i get into that game i really just play a bit of everything so i never really play it properly because to play it you know you get a character to max level you do the dungeons you do the raids you grind the gear um, which is all the stuff i normally love doing but for some reason i'm never able to do it in wow because the game is just too big and i've experienced so little of it i just sample mm. a bit of everything and then kind of move on um actually as we talk now my subscription expired about an hour ago um and i was gonna renew it if not for a whole load of releases up and coming and i mean one at the same time as my subscription expired pretty much uh the destiny 2 expansion came out and and there's spider-man and then there's tomb raider and there's just a lot at the moment coming out in a row so i will probably still renew my subscription but not soon um and yet there's just stuff in that game that gets me like it's just had a new expansion that's come out that's been received quite well critically you know so it'd be a good time for people to get back into the game and play it and there's a lot of returning players but for some reason while i was playing it something came up where i was like i need to check something in guild wars 2 because i feel like they've just absolutely ripped the system completely <laughs> from the game interface and everything well this so is I the thing like what, what do you do that's new in mmos you know yeah, like right you it's, can't it's, inv- yeah it's the same but, thing like yeah yeah the thing that got me wasn't that they took it which they did they they outright took it but that's fine because it was successful in guild wars so why not the thing that got me was that when i logged into guild wars 2 to check it there were more people around in guild wars 2 a six-year-old game that has been declared dead game for the past six years like it was one of those dead on arrivals like no one played it really it didn't get much for player base um Yet here it is, six years later, when World of Warcraft, the titan of the genre, has just had a new expansion, and there seem to be more people playing Guild Wars 2. Um, and that just really confused me, and I realised at that point it's a technology thing. There aren't more people playing Guild Wars 2. There's way more people playing World of Warcraft, but there's this technology they use in MMOs called instancing or sharding, where when you when you log into a map it puts you on a version of that map because obviously if every player were to try to access it at once it would be impossible the the Mm. the load would be too much so they create several instances or in wow they call them shards of the map and when you log in it puts you in the most populated version that still has enough room in it for more people to come in so that if you're coming with a party or a group or whatever you can bring them all in um world of warcraft shards terribly so you feel like you're you feel like you're in a dead game there are too many shards and there aren't enough people in each one so you can go to like a major population center and see 10 other people whereas Mm. guild wars 2 shards i think best out of any mmo out there so it may have the smallest population but 
it really effectively stacks the players in the servers so that instead of running 10 servers with 50 people, it runs two servers with 250 people kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you feel like you're playing a densely populated game with a lot of people. And I think that's what makes an MMO powerful. That's what you want when you're playing an MMO. The feeling you want is that you're in a shared world and that everyone around you is another player, not an NPC just standing there. And mm-hmm. I don't get that feeling in WoW because it's... there are so many people playing that they've had to shard a hundred times so there's not enough people in each instance so it feels like nobody's playing. You'd feel right. like that would be fairly easy to control though, right? You go, oh, like, and that so. would be like, in terms of MMOs, like a pretty important kind of game design mm. question that you think you would be asking your teams like, you know, hey, what's the kind of popul- population feel that we want to have to our game? Do we want it to be dense? Mm. And surely it's just a technological thing. I'm sure they could just go yeah. add 10, 20, 30 more people to each shard. Like, I yeah. don't know, maybe and I'm totally oversimplifying have, that. Well, I don't know. You'd think they'd have discussions, they'd work it out. But the thing that always gets me is that World of Warcraft in New Zealand is like $26 every 30 days as a subscription fee. Mm. You can pay for it in-game with gold. So if you play enough and get enough gold, you can buy subscription mm. with gold rather than money. Um, so if you do play it as your only game, it kind of rewards you that way. But they haven't got sharding right with a $26 a month fee with apparently you know over 6 million active players or whatever. So if you say half of them are paying in-game, half of them are paying real money, 3 million people giving you 30 bucks a month almost, and Guild Wars 2 is free, and it's doing it correctly. But I just... It feels like Blizzard doesn't care. I think that's the thing with WoW that drives me back. Like... They make great quality games. I, I love all their games. I, I appreciate WoW for what it is, and I think it's a beautiful game both artistically and for what it's managed to achieve in the gaming world. But with World of Warcraft, it feels like Blizzard doesn't give a fuck. That they're just like, eh, just, you know, they, like they've put it out to pasture. It's, you know, it's it's old Yella. It's, she's past her time, but she's still doing so. <laughs> we'll send her out back, but we won't send Timmy out with the gun yet because she's still got a bit left in her kind of thing. Yeah. That's what it feels like they're doing with WoW. Um, and it's just sad because I want to love the game and I want to play it more, and I absolutely will. Um, I still haven't even finished the expansion content, so I absolutely will keep playing it at some point. I just It felt really weird to me that I just hopped into Guild Wars for 10 minutes and then ended up staying in it for like five hours and didn't go back to WoW even though I had mm. all this new content and stuff and Guild Wars 2 had nothing new. I just was enjoying the fact that I felt like I was playing with 100 other people. Um, and that's what it is for me. That's why I like online games. That's why I like MMOs. It's the collaborative team environment. And WoW just doesn't feel like it has it. And it's sad because it does have it. I just can't find it. Hmm. That's interesting, and uh, you sort of mentioned in the review as well the um, the they've been quite clever in the way they've constructed the narrative in this new one, in that the mm. the the battles between these two new factions sort of mimics the the I suppose the disgruntled players um, who aren't happy with the removal of some things or the way <laughs> they've taken certain yeah. characters and things like that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's um so it's the Horde versus Alliance, which isn't a new battle. It's just a new they're revisiting an old battle that hasn't been touched for a very long time. And it's it's been there in Warcraft lore. Like, I think back to, like, Warcraft 3, you know, humans versus orcs was Horde versus Alliance, basically. Right. Um, and so 
it's been there, but they just—it's been so long since they've bothered to touch it. So they've made a whole this whole expansion. The it's supposed to be Alliance versus Horde, back to the roots of the very first Warcraft tactical RTS kind of thing. Um, and yeah, they did a really good job of prior to this expansion coming out, doing a pre-expansion patch where Sylvanas, the the War Chief of the Horde, burned Teldrassil, which is the Night Elf starting area. Um, just just burned it it's gone um and people hated it but some people <laughs> loved it um you know the, basically it was alliance people who started in that town or explored it liked how it looked liked it as an environment loathe that blizzard have decided to just destroy it and remove it from the game for their characters like it is there if you start a new character it exists but if you're playing a character who's done up to that point in the story it's gone from there kind of thing um so you can still go back and experience it if you want to but if you're in a on a character who's experienced the storyline it's gone um and i being someone who only played briefly in vanilla and then comes back every now and again i don't have an attachment to particular areas so i was like yeah let's do it let's yeah. you know let's wreck some lives burn some homes <laughs> orphan some children and so it's uh i'm i'm all for it and i think the horde are great they're they're embracing the villain role that you know has kind of been forgotten over the years because they've been teaming up so much with the alliance but yeah the the community is very turbulent at the moment opinions are all over the place some people think blizzard have completely lost it they don't know what they're doing the story's you know crap um but I think it was just a clever ploy to get people actually, you know, engaged and exactly. And in one way or another, you're either extremely pro or extremely con. And that is going to influence your actions in the game. Because if you're extremely pro, you will fight with the horde for, for what's happened and, you know, to continue to burn the world. Um, but if you're extremely con and you want to restore everything, you you will be playing the Alliance. Um, so they've created real turmoil amongst the players to fuel the passion for the war. Uh, I think it's really clever. I I, I would li- like to believe it was planned. Yeah, and yeah. That that's why they did it. I would like to believe that it's not just coincidental, but, you know, it is informing people's choices in this way. Um, I don't know. I can only assume they did because, I mean, this... I've heard that every WoW expansion is written something like five years before it's released. Like so, wow! They knew this was coming in the story two expansions ago. They were leading towards it, kind of thing. Um, so you've got to imagine that every everything we're doing now in reaction to it was the expected reaction, and and they've planned where the story's going based on how they thought we'd react. So I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I, as I said, I haven't really talked about WoW as a game, just the state of the of the MMO environment and WoW's kind of meta game it's playing with its players. Um, but that's what intrigued me about this expansion and that's what got me to approach it and has kept me interested in it for the full 30 days that I had kind of thing with it. Is, yeah, I'm more interested in the, the climate around MMO gaming at the moment. I think it's a really interesting thing to explore. Um, and I'm going to keep diving in and out of random MMOs, except for Final Fantasy XIV, because I've got a bet to win. Um, <laughs> to, uh, yeah, just keep analyzing what's going on with it. And, and yeah, it's, it's great. I'm enjoying it at the moment. I'm enjoying 
just riding the wave and seeing what happens with the industry as a whole of MMOs. Good stuff, man. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, diving and riding waves, uh, you've also been checking mm. out a, a film this this week. I have. I What's have. Uh, um, the big, the big shark watched, film? Uh, the Meg. Um, I wanted to see Mission Impossible. Hannah wanted to see The Meg, so we compromised and saw The Meg. Um, <laughs> it's it's a good movie. I'm su- Actually, the movie experience was, the, I think, the worst I've ever had Amazing. in New I'm, Zealand ever. Oh, I can't, I can't um, wait. So we never go to the movies on the weekend because I have always had this theory that if you go to the movies on a Saturday afternoon... It's yep. going to be full of, you know, kids yep. and couples and people yep. just talking the whole way through and don't care about the movie. We went on a Saturday afternoon and the theatre was full of kids and couples and just people talking <laughs> yeah, the whole monsters. time through the movie. Yeah, there were these kids in the same row as us down who I don't even know what they were doing. Just non-stop talking. Um and at the end of the movie, actually, after we came out, Hannah said she felt bad because every time they did it, she, like, shot them a death glare. And it was always this one kid who uh, saw her doing it and cowered away. But he was always the one kid who wasn't talking. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so, amazing. Yeah. But, it's probably um, just the kid who's there, like, trying to hang out with the cool kids. Yeah, and he's, he's not yeah. in, a, in a social position to be like, hey, shh, shh, sh, or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. That's um, rough. There was a trailer before the movie for an upcoming movie, The Nun, from that sort of series, like The Conjuring and sort of that that ah. franchise of movies. Right. And there was this point in the trailer where apparently something scary happened. I, I don't know. Honestly, like, this is one of those things. I When I was five, me and my dad watched the Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Night of the Dead kind of trilogy thing. Like, I grew up in a horror aficionado house, so I just don't like completely desensitized none of it gets me at all um but we just hear this almighty thud at this point in the movie uh in the trailer sorry and look across and just half of them are on the floor i don't know what has what happened the? but i'm just like what? what like actually what is going on like did they legitimately just get scared out of their seats or something like i don't know what's going on over there they're just on the floor now and there's popcorn everywhere um, there were these two uh, women behind me. Um, I keep wanting to look like back there. Um, one row back and just off to the right who just throughout, the, not talking the whole way through the movie, but every now and again, you know, every half an hour or so would just decide to have a loud two minute conversation. Oh, Don't know why. Just, mm. just random. And not even like something on screen would prompt it. They'd just be like, oh, by the way, I saw David there. Just, you know, like nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Just, I, ah, oh, it was, it was appalling. It was the point where half an hour into the movie, I was about to say, let's go get a refund. Yeah. Like just walk up, say, hey, I'm not sitting through that shit. Give me my money yeah. back. We'll go to a later showing or something <laughs> like that. Um, but I decided to block it out. And in the end, I, I did manage to. Um, I still could have sort of observed when stuff was going on around me and was aware it was going on, but it didn't distract me or detract from the movie from sort of half an hour to 40 minutes in, I kind of managed to almost completely block it out. Um, and yeah, as for the movie you itself... You shouldn't have to do that, Jason though, right? Statham action movie. You shouldn't. You, you shouldn't. shouldn't. But, yeah. you know. Moral of the, moral <laughs> of the story, trust your gut. Don't go to the movie. Yeah. The movie's on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, Wednesday afternoons, eight o'clock showings. So that's evening, not afternoon. But Wednesday afternoons and evenings, yep. uh, between four and eight as start times, are the perfect time to go in Wellington. Um, there's never been 
pretty much anyone else there when we've gone at those times. Awesome. I used I used to go to the matinee screenings because I used to work start work at three p.m. and so I used to always go to the sort of after lunch just before you know mm. I'd, I'd, I'd go watch a movie then then go to work and it was always amazing like there was no one there um it was it was perfect basically the perfect conditions for it to watch a mm. film but uh, i suppose it didn't really matter i mean the meg looks like a pretty trashy film is that probably correct in, in my assumption there yeah it's interesting because it is but it's one of the most well-made trashy films i've oh. ever seen <laughs> cool like it was going for triple a blockbuster action movie it didn't make it, but it had all the production value. Sailed like, right under good. the bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it had a good. It, I mean, it had a good cast. I can only really name Jason Statham, but yep. it also had uh, the Asian dude from Heroes. Oh, okay. Um, yep, yep, Hero, yep. I think his name was. Uh, it had. Uh, oh, I, I forget his actor's name, but his character's name was the Wall. He was just a big dude. <laughs> The wall. Um, It had had quite a few actors I recognised and actresses um, from various things. And it was good. It was a solid line-up. They all did well. Um, It was good VFX. You know, it it didn't look overdone or or budget at any point. Um, It was well done. There were some really nice settings and environments. Like the deep sea exploration base was awesome it's one of those things like when you see the scenes in it you're like i would love that to be real and to just walk around there and fucking look at all these deep sea habitats and creatures and stuff from from this you know enclosed glass tunnel kind of thing Mm. um a lot of really cool shots in it um no it's it's an enjoyable movie i wouldn't say it's a movie you go to the movies to see um it's one you'd you know watch at home or something yeah um but there you go you know what are you gonna do i wanted to watch mission (laughs) impossible so Man, I feel like we could do an entire podcast on bad film experiences because I've I've had a few in my time, and some pretty like yeah. Uh, really quickly, I'll just I'll, uh, the worst one I ever had was watching, <clears throat> excuse me, Harry Potter, seven part one, uh, in in Wellington as well. There was a group of middle aged people who came in, quite they smelled of wine. They were very obviously sourced, and they also brought with them a bucket of food. A bucket <laughs> of food, not like a KFC, was it KFC? bucket. No, it was oh. just it was like a, a you know a bucket like you get from a hardware store. Mm. With, How did they? I don't get know that what in? was in there. I I don't know. Lack, lacking in security, I suppose. But um, uh, wow. yeah, it was it was a like they they were drunk. They were talking throughout the entire thing. They were making fun of. I like Harry Potter. I'm not I'm not a fan when people make fun of, especially when you're at the bloody movie that you're. You paid to see you this. You paid to go and see, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was part seven, so it was like rap, starting to wrap up the, the you know, the the, the, um, the series. And, that yeah, so they were they were drunk, they were talking, they were noisily eating from this fucking plastic bucket. Um, unbelievable. Putting their, putting their feet, kicking seats, like, uh, th- these were like 35 to 45-year-olds. There's Unacceptable just no room behavior. in the world for that. Yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> I don't think as Kiwis we ask for much, you know, like no. um, respect each other, you know, um, you know, don't cause too much confrontation in public, that sort of thing. And then, yeah. you know, when all you want to do is head to the movies, watch the film, enjoy Harry Potter, that kind of behavior is just 
Like, we'll just silently judge the shit out of you. Like, <laughs> no one's going to go up and say anything, but you will you will have the shit judged out of you. That's, I, I, that's will say, <laughs> I will say, I will say, since I've been in Scotland, um, I've been to th- three films. Amazing. All amazing. Ex- like, no, yeah. and by amazing, I mean no one did anything. Like, no one <laughs> talked. No one moved. There, no one was throwing anything. <laughs> and I went to Paddington 2, a screening with many many children not no issues whatsoever no issues at all it was amazing so Excellent. it's because people in the united kingdom take the law into their own hands movie uh like etiquette is beaten into you as a child <laughs> if you step out of line there will be a mob waiting for you outside mm. so it's, it's fear culture over there movie <laughs> <laughs> oh I'll, I'll keep that in mind you might get glassed if you talk in uh, in a scottish cinema so yeah you better just better watch it um, but yeah, yeah, really good, really good experiences. So uh, that's everything you've been you've been watching and playing there, Balthazar. I also downloaded Dead Cells for Switch and gave that a go, but I don't want to talk about it because I read and watched so much about that controversy. I might genuinely <laughs> accidentally repeat something I've seen and plagiarize a review. So I nice. just leave it. It's good. I'm enjoying it. Excellent, yep. excellent. Nice. Yeah, I think we've talked enough. We've we've given that dude enough airtime. Um, by now, I think we talked about it last time. But yeah, so I've only been playing one thing apart from my uh, Metro Exodus and, and time with um, Spyro and Metro at Gamescom. And that is the game called Hollow Knight by a developer called Team Cherry. Now, these guys are an Australian developer, um, so, you know, close to close to home. And Hollow Knight, I had an interesting relationship with this game. When I first started it, it looks amazing. It's got this gorgeous sort of haunting disney art style to it um mm. everything's not quite like it's it's got those sort of like dust clouds and things that, that that come out from things and um and really cool little particle effects and it's very minimal in its storytelling it's sort of quite it's been compared to dark souls obviously Soulsborne um games it's very minimal you sort of don't really get an overarching story you just talk to talk to folk and they give you weird cryptic snippets of lore um when I first started playing this game, I hated it. <laughs> I really hated it. It was brutal. Like, I'm not sure about... I, I think the first hour of the game is poorly designed. Um, but at the same time, that's almost the magic of it. So in the first hour of the game, you are severely underpowered. Um, you have no abilities. It's sort of it's a Metroidvania, I suppose. So you, you go through and you get different abilities, unlock new parts of the map and things. Um, so you start the game... You don't have any abilities. You don't have any maps. You need maps um, of the areas to actually... Otherwise, you're going to get lost. Like, these are labyrinthine um, levels. Like, it's just endless, endless tunnels and exits and entryways to to all sorts of things. And you unlock shortcuts a lot like um, Bloodborne and Dark Souls. So you need a map. And in the first couple of hours of the game, you don't have a map. You don't have any abilities you basically don't have anything and you have to go through and learn that life is hard. <laughs> life is really hard. Um, eventually just by sheer luck and stumbling around, you will, you'll, you'll find a map. Um, and that's when the game really comes into its own. It starts being really fun. You, you start earning, um, you earn a currency called geo from, from enemies. So you kill enemies and you get these little barnacle looking things. And that's, that's what you use to purchase upgrades and things. And, uh, once you start buying, um, what they call pins and badges, which are um, 
like one badge will allow you to see where you are on the map like you don't even have that that ability sort of thing it it strips all the things that you take for granted in normal gaming and just removes them all and says look look you've got nothing um you're you're extremely underpowered be really careful until you get a map and you start getting these these badge things and when you do just getting the ability to see where you are on the map changes everything i'm like oh my god i I can breathe now like i i don't have to um worry about dying as much or i know where i am i i have sort of i i can um orientate myself and and uh, you know you feel quite vulnerable in those first few hours and it's a it's not a nice feeling but at the same time it gives you a massive appreciation for when you do start earning abilities and powering up and things like that um so, so do you think that was done on purpose i want to say i want to believe it was and it's a really ballsy move because i reckon mm. the amount of people who stop playing hollow knight after the first hour is probably higher than 50 percent <laughs> I, I i reckon that 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 you know that that um what would you call it the equivalent of a click-through sort of thing is would not be high um but just because it is really punishing and if you don't if you're not enjoying yourself why would you continue playing i i had to really struggle to continue playing this game because i was like man this sucks i'm just getting really angry i I feel like i'm losing no uh, i'm making no progress because it's as with souls when you when you die you lose all your um your currency uh and there's a mechanic where your sort of spirit hangs out where you last died and you have to go and fight your spirit to accrue your currency again Mm. but if you die on your way back to getting your currency, you lose everything. Like you, uh, you know, you, your your new soul overwrites your old soul, much like you know, Soulsborne games. Um, so, if you're if you're on your way back, if you lose hundreds and hundreds of geo, or I lost a thousand last night, and I was raging. Um, <laughs> it's not a good time, and you sort of have to take a break and go have a wander outside. Right, right, get my. Uh, you know th- there's no use pining game, for it exactly there's no use game. pining yeah. for lost geo it's gone you're not getting it back so just move on with your life and it's kind of good in that way it sort of teaches i suppose it reinforces those values which i think is probably only a good thing in this, in this day and age um just to move on after you you know you have you have lost you deal with it and you, and you move on you get on with your life so um I, i'm to a point where i i have certain abilities now i can sort of uh, jump off walls and i can do a sprint dash thing so i can access new areas i feel i'm feeling a little bit more confident in myself and that i can actually deal with enemies and i feel like i can deal with enemies um so i would say i'm probably about maybe 10 to 15 hours in and really enjoying it i think this game is now excellent i'm loving playing it i, I have a i have a monitor finally so i've been playing docked switch and nice. oh it's a revelation i don't have to squint anymore it's so good so good um so yeah i i would recommend anyone who's into metroidvanias uh a nice challenge or just an interesting study in game design i suppose that first hour is really interesting if they design that specifically to make you feel like shit um you know without beating around the bush nailed it that's a it's a bold it's a bold you nailed it it's a bold choice but i respect it a lot so um yeah check out hollow Knight. i recommend it i got it for uh what was it 10 or 11 pounds so probably about 20 bucks new zealand um yep. but yeah really really enjoying that game so but that's everything i've been playing we have a few news stories to go over because there has been quite a bit happening in the last two weeks 
Um, first thing we'll talk about is uh, there's a new project from Supermassive Games. Now, these are the guys behind Until Dawn, the amazing sort of um, multiplayer, not multiplayer, but you should play it with people because it's way better. Survival horror um, sort of B-movie-esque game uh, that we all really enjoyed, I think. And their new, tr- well, it's not a trilogy, it's an anthology called the Dark Pictures Anthology. Um, and the first one is called Man of Medan or Man of Medan. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. But it looks to be just more Until Dawn, just in shorter form. And, you know, there's going to be multiple of them. So they can probably do at least a, maybe a couple a year or something like that. Um, the first one, Man of, of, of Medan, takes place on the ocean. Uh, so already I'm pretty terrified because I do not like murky water very much. Um, and this is probably going to have a lot of that. So quite exciting. Um, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on, on this and on Until Dawn? We all liked Until Dawn, right? Uh, I'm a scaredy cat and I didn't play it. So (laughs) (laughs) I just can't do scary games. I don't know what it is, but, um, (laughs) it sounds okay. (laughs) I guess. um, I think you'd enjoy it it, because it's not, it's not like crippling fear. It's just that kind of B movie jump scary, but it's, but it's it's really well done. It's hide in the corner, hide the corner and hope that you don't die situation. Right. Good. Um, I no. mean, I'd give it a crack no. for sure. I'd, I'd, I'd give it a go. Why not? Um, so it sounds like it's going to be sort of episodic, <laughs> like, like telltale gameish type stuff where I it, think that's the, chunks. I think that's the deal or no, not, not in terms of the, I think every story is sort of self-contained, but they're going to be oh, yeah. smaller than until they'll probably be, I imagine five hours or something like that or, or three to five hours. Um, but because they're making such smaller, smaller projects, they'll be able to put them out. Um, quicker mm. cool. so I'm, I'm quite ex- I'm quite excited for that Balthazar you loved Until Dawn yeah so you're excited for more sort of short form um, Until um, Dawn style yeah stuff? I think I think my main fear uh, which leads into then my hope for it my fear is that because they're shorter they will feel the need to get them out faster right um, so my hope is that they continue to deliver the Until Dawn quality of experience with each one and don't just rush them out or try to get them out within a deadline just because they are shorter. Because yep. everyone who appreciated Until Dawn would rather, you know, wait for another experience of the same caliber than get something mediocre but quicker. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'd, if it's not going to be on the same level as Until Dawn or near the same level, then I would say, yeah, just do like, one a year why not like that, that that'd mm, be enough time yeah. to, to do that sort of thing right um i imagine but it's it's exciting because i just i loved until dawn I, it was it was a game i went into not expecting a huge amount from and came out being like that was the greatest interactive cabin in the woods-esque you know horror horror experience that it's horror that knows what it is which i always really appreciate mm. it's not striving mm. to be anything else um so yeah really excited for that uh next thing we'll move into is quite exciting news well for me it is because i love time splitters time splitters a dormant ip that sort of has been sitting around ever since free radical went under uh or got bought by crytek and then crytek kind of (laughs) struggled a wee bit um no one did anything with the time splitters ip and also the second site ip uh but that those properties have now been picked up by thq nordic 
um, formerly Nordic. They, they purchased the THQ sort of trademark and, and they become THQ Nordic. Also doing Darksiders and things like that, those guys. So hmm. they've picked up Time Splitters. They've picked up Second Sight. So it looks like, shit, we'll be getting another Time Splitters. It sounds like, which I'm super excited for because I played the crap out of that game back in the day. It was great fun. Now, I'm just trying to remember the Time Splitters was, was or, or um, Free Radical, those guys were kind of like, they were an offshoot of kind of like the, the Golden Eye team is that right they a lot of those guys were involved with like the nintendo 64 goldeneye um, maybe i'm just making that up i don't know that's real long- so it mm. might be though because they're both uk I've- developers and the time splitters 2 ui the health ui looks very similar to the goldeneye ui oh yeah so you might be right there Regan. i'm not <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know i just I what were you gonna say like there, might, might be a thing i was gonna say i feel like he might be thinking if the guys, the Perfect Dark team, but maybe not. Uh, lots of times. I got well, oh, Golden yeah. Eye and Perfect Dark was was both. They were both rare. They were both developed by Rare, so um, it might. Yeah. You might be. I might have to look into that man because I have a feeling yeah. you might might actually be right. Um, mm. But yeah, did but, you guys um, play Time Splitters at all back in the day? Or no, I had Time Splitters two. Yep. on PS two. Nice. Um, good game. Yeah. That's the only one I played. Gg, gg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played two a lot, and uh, and Future Perfect as well, which is, was number three. And I loved all. I loved both of them. They're so much fun. They're sort of B B grade science fiction, jumping between universes, and you know you get to be all these all these zany different zany characters, and they have um, monkeys as a big theme of Time Splitters, which is why I like it a lot because it, mm. it's always crazy having monkeys with shotguns running around and. Um, you know, dealing all sorts of all sorts of damage. So I'm really excited for this, and more so that they'll actually be able to do a proper remaster of Time Splitters because there's been that Time Splitters mm. Rewind project that's been going on, sort of fan project um, to to remaster it. So you know, I don't know if they have to scrap all that work now because the the IP is now <laughs> not really dormant anymore. Um, but I, even those guys, I think, will be stoked to have a a proper you know full on dev house making. Um, making a new Time Splitters or, or a remastered mm. Time Splitters. So that's very exciting. And Second Sight as well, which I played and really enjoyed, which was sort of a, um, you're in a facility and you have telekinetic powers and, and you have to sort of, I suppose it was, there was a little bit of puzzles in there and things like that, but I really enjoyed sort of the third third person telekinetic action game. Um, but that was really cool. So I'm, I'm excited for both of those coming back. Um, we had some surprise cyberpunk gameplay dropped on us. This uh, this past week, CD Projekt Red started this off with a Twitch stream of pure code um, for about, it was hours. <laughs> they were just streaming lines of pure code. 150,000 people were watching this live stream um, of the was pure it just code. Like, was it just binary? <laughs> it, it was just like, yeah, like um, like development language. Like I'm not sure which one it was. But it was just yeah. like, yeah, just kind of interesting. <laughs> I love the we've got the visuals now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was. I can't believe. I still can't believe that one hundred fifty thousand people were just watching code pour down the screen. Quite yeah. amazing. Um, well, you for would, hours, right? I, I if I, I, I was, was going on, I would have watched it too. I was yeah. watching it for about half an hour. Just had just had it on on one side of my screen, just being like, "Ooh, what's going to happen here?" Um, yeah, nice. <laughs> they had they had buried in that code some really funny messages like um 
9-11 was an inside job and like stuff like that they just <laughs> pop that in there just for like a split second as it scrolled past it's just i love cdpr but anyway that led to a um a surprise cyberpunk gameplay stream 48 minutes long it was the one that all the e3 people and the gamescom people had seen be uh, behind closed doors it was the same <laughs> same footage yep. <laughs> and uh balthazar you've gotten a lot more furry yeah, <laughs> you've suddenly gone pure white and furry. That's interesting. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but yeah, did so you guys the watch same... the cyberpunk? Did you guys watch the the, the footage they released? I sure did. Yep. Yeah, I did as it, well. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I had at that day at work. I had it on a tab open in YouTube and couldn't watch it. Obviously, um, one it was not really safe for work. If you if no. I'm being honest, no um and two i was at work um so that whole day i was sitting there just kind of like yearning to <laughs> to watch this thing and um man was not disappointed um what were your initial thoughts abe i yeah i thought it was awesome man i really loved it it reminded me a lot of um dread the 2012 um remake of, mm. of yeah new envisioning of dread reminded me a lot of that um even down to the where they used inhalers to sort of slow down time and things like that. That's ripped directly yep. from Dread. Um, yeah. So, the, the, yeah, but that's a cool idea, so I don't mind CDPR repurposing it. Um, look like Deus Ex. Look quite a lot like Deus Ex. Um, uh, just, as, mm. uh, you know, the, the sort of um, overlay, the, the, the futuristic overlays on things. And um, the coolest part of that whole demo for me was when he went... Uh, was it she? It was a she. She, V went in to get this cybernetic um upgrades and it's yes. sort of the camera stayed where like they ripped out her eye and put in a cybernetic eye and it sort mm. of the camera followed her eye as it went out of her face and i was yeah, like totally. oh that actually made me feel a little bit funny like just just watching mm. that and knowing that she just had her eye removed um but i really i really enjoyed that like that that for me also really stuck out but i liked that it wasn't just like th- this might change in the game obviously and they made it pretty clear that everything that, that was in there was subject to change but yeah. i re- and and this is maybe the, just the, the fact that this was the tutorial maybe the tutorial section of the game but i love that it wasn't just walking up to a booth and being like hey can i buy some cybernetics and the guys like cool and then a menu popped yeah. up you know it was actually you walk in and you sit on, you know, like it's actually built into the game and it's all interactive yeah. and it's and it's part of that flow, um, which gets me excited. Like if, if it's that kind of, if it's like that the whole way through, then have my money right now. Just have yeah. it. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I think, I, I don't think many people were underwhelmed by that footage. I think there was, mm. as soon as, as soon as she came down from the big mega building apartment block that she's living in and, and went into the city, it's just like wow, like the amount of NPCs and people just knocking about and cars driving around and things, insane. Like this is not a version of this might run on because they say they're targeting PS4 and Xbox One X, but um, or PS4 Pro, but uh, a version might run on those consoles. It's not going to be the mm. you know definitive v- version. It's, that's going to be on the next gen for sure. Like yeah, totally. There's no way. There is no way this is this is running on vanilla PS4s and vanilla Xbox Ones, um, you know, in its highest form kind of thing. So that's extremely exciting. Um, Balthazar, I know you're 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 going 
sort of media blackout a wee bit on Cyberpunk, right? Mm. Um, so obviously you didn't check yeah, out Yeah, I'm not watching gameplay. I watch cinematics and stuff like that yeah. because they don't show anything that's going to be in the game. Yeah. Um, but it's CDPR. I know I'm getting this game. Yeah. Um, I don't need to see gameplay to sell me on it, so I'd rather everything be completely fresh and first time seeing it when I'm playing the game. Nah, that's mm. totally fair enough, man. I understand that 100%. Um, yeah, I just can't. I can't help myself. I have no discipline. I needed to watch it. Um, I wanted <laughs> it, to be part of the... the it's just fun being part of the discourse. It's it's fun being uh, seeing people, you know, getting all hyped up on Twitter and stuff and, and, and Facebook and everyone just egging each other on. And, you know, hype gets out of hand real fast. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we've learned that from, from previous things. But it's kind of fun being part of that at the same time i love being excited for mm. things I, lo- I i like being happy about video games as opposed to being a cynical old bastard which i am a lot of the time um but yeah you like or, riding or, the hype train a little bit is. a little bit mm. I, I like riding the hype train but close to the close to the exit I stand close mm. to the exit so i can get off right, when, right, when right, necessary right. so i don't have to don't have to um inconvenience anyone when i need to get off um but <laughs> I should probably reword that. (laughs) Uh, So, the last news story we'll talk about. Sony's being dicks again. I mean... Surprise, surprise. (laughs) What's new? Uh, Sony is refuting crossplay, coming out and stating the reason is PlayStation's the best place to play. That sounds like the biggest bunch of (laughs) bullshit marketing spiel i've ever heard like that isn't that like their official logo slogan or something <laughs> like, like or that, for, yeah. for the players or whatever but for the players uh, the best yeah. place for yeah for games or something along oh, those lines. it's such nonsense it, it it feels like you know if you've ever worked in kind of customer facing roles and things often you're like given like okay cool if, if someone asks you this question here's the response and you know yeah yeah you you know you can call bullshit even when you're told that that's the kind of thing and you even you spout it you say it to people you know that that's what and it feels like that it's like someone at sony was like here's the message we're going to go for and i'm sure everyone at sony knows that like this isn't going to fly gamers are smart people yeah but they just <laughs> they're just going with it and everyone's like they're, they're, oh man yeah. they're, they're just they're, they're trying to say as little as possible but they know they need to say something so they're trying mm. to say something that people don't already know but answer their question with it and it's pissing everyone <laughs> off <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah not just, a good look there sony but it's also like they're not they can't come out and be like we're not doing cross play because we, we have the market we'll make, share we'll make yeah we'll make more money if we don't like yeah that's just not yeah uh, that's not a it's not a thing you can say to millions of people no. um i i but at the same time if they came out and said that i'd be like power to you you know you do have the market share like okay yeah i always appreciate honesty but when it's something i don't want to hear <laughs> still gonna be bad <laughs> <laughs> my immediate gut reaction is is negative yeah yeah so yeah it's it's a pain because we're so close to that console crossplay utopia <laughs> we're so close mm. we've got we've got switch partner we've got we've got nintendo and xbox playing nice we've got pc in there at the same time just one party holding out. Guess who it is? I think. I think. It, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it'll happen in the next console generation because I think this is. It's that cycle, right? The 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 winner of the winner 
of the previous generation gets complacent. They're like, you know, we've got everything. And then the, the underdog comes along and does really well in the following generation. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, like, if Microsoft does really well with the next gen stuff, um, will they suddenly turn around and be like, actually, nah, we don't want to do crossplay anymore. Because <laughs> I don't know, maybe they'll just make the play of like, you know, Sony wasn't keen. <laughs> and so it's so it's so petty either. but I'd, I'd probably be yeah. i'd probably be okay with it like spencer boys he's he's too good he's too good a, he's too good a person in my, in my eyes mm. phil spencer wouldn't do that to us he's a, he well, seems we'll like see. a good, solid dude um laden yeah. bot on the other hand is uh is just <laughs> sort of <laughs> seems to be following orders at this point but uh yeah i suppose we'll yeah. see so not uh you know not not a great way to um not a positive note to end the podcast on but hey that's what happens sometimes things sometimes things are good life isn't always bloody you know roses is it so we'll uh we'll end off there thank you for tuning in to our first ever video podcast um this is obviously what we look like this is our ugly mugs um so <laughs> this is probably going to be the future going forward i think i think we're going to stick with the with the visuals, right? Because that's what people respond to. People like seeing yeah, us for not? some reason. Um, yeah, which apparently. is weird. Like, that doesn't <laughs> make a whole lot of doesn't, sense. But, you know, no, yeah. Makes zero um, sense. But, yeah, it's cool, hey, man. It's cool. We'll give the people what they want. Um, so thank mm. you again for tuning in, everyone. We can be found on all your basic social medias. We're on Twitter, Overcast Gamer, Facebook, Overcast Gamer, Twitch.tv, Overcast Gamer, NZ. Uh, we do streams hopefully twice a week coming soon um balthazar you're going to start streaming man mm, um when the dark souls remaster comes out on switch i will do a twitch playthrough where you the audience can choose <laughs> how i spend my attribute points and what really? weapons i'm allowed to use and whether or not i wear armor um and just make the general playthrough hell for me nice nice no armor tidy whitey tidy whitey playthrough um i think is, is probably going to be the end result there but uh yeah and regan obviously final fantasy 7 still going strong with currently, that one currently battling my way through final fantasy 7 last week was a shit show so be sure to jump on board <laughs> this week and see how that all all pans out um, excellent excellent um but eventually i'll finish that maybe one day and but I mean, in the meantime, in the meantime, it continues for your viewing pleasure every what, Wednesday what disc, night. What disc are we up to now? Still on disc one. Still on disc. Ooh, to, it's a long, to long be play. Fair, I'm, I'm, I'm close to the end of disc one. I just okay. got sidetracked. I got sidetracked because Yuffie stole all my materia, and now I have to go get that back. Um, I have no idea what you just said, but I'm going to imagine yeah. it's not a good thing. It's it's just it's just it, I didn't want to do it, but now I have to. And but yeah, anyway, Wednesday nights, come and join me. Twitch. Nice one, Wednesday night, seven p.m. New Zealand time. Um, just Google that in your time zone, figure out when that will be, because uh, I haven't figured it out. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, check us out on overcastgamer.com. That's where all our stuff goes up. We have reviews, we have the occasional video. That's where the podcast will go up. Uh, features sometimes, basically everything you ever need so check out overcastgamer.com for low stakes takes from three new zealanders who don't know what they're talking about half the time but just have a a a burning passion for the world of video games so thank you again for tuning in everyone and we'll see you again in a fortnight bye-bye